Alright. Good. Good morning, everybody. How are, is everybody doing after Thanksgiving? I'm whooped. This last couple months have been beyond crazy. It is so great to be here. I'm not happy about the reasons, but I was really excited when Pastor Phil texted me at 8 o'clock at night and asked me to be here the next two weeks. You know, I always remember when I first started ministry, if I didn't have two weeks to do a sermon, I would lose my mind. You know, but it's changed growing and being doing this as long as I have. But I will tell you, it's been nonstop craziness in the last two months. I mean, within the last two months, my Jeep is broke in the driveway. I almost went blind, and that's not a joke. Um, I was having problems reading stuff. I thought I needed new glasses and found out I had to go to a specialist because I had aneurysms in my eyes and fluid and pressure. So I got the joy, the doctor wouldn't let me leave of getting needles shoved in my eyes. You know, I hate when they lie, doctors. Why can't they tell you it's going to hurt? You might feel a little pressure. That's like my mom with methylate. Anybody, your mom was a methylate nut? I'll blow on it, it'll make it feel better. Wrong, you're just making the fire bigger. <laughs> but it's just been nonstop. And I mean, I can honestly say, you know, my refrigerator broke, my little hose for the water magically went up inside. I love when you have kids. And it started to flood the kitchen. And does anybody get dad? No. So we have a tidal wave in the thing. Then the best one is the dishwasher, the little screws that hold it in the cabinet fell out. My sister-in-law opened up the, the dishwasher and the bottom tray came flying out on the floor. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. I'm gonna go talk to the dog. <laughs> but this has been nonstop. And I can honestly say I have been, I am physically, <clears throat> mentally, and spiritually exhausted. You know, it's okay. How many feel like that right now? You know, we're supposed to be in the joyous time of the year and all we're thinking about is everything we got to do. How many people are really here right now? Or is our mind at home thinking, well, I got laundry to do, I got this? You know, and we get so dried out physically, you know. It's like we have a plant. Now, some people have a green thumb. I don't. My house is a house. Plants go to die. But if you don't water that plant, what happens to it? It withers and dies. And that's the same thing spiritually with us. You know, we get so caught up in everything that we forget we need to get the life-giving water of Jesus Christ. You know, and it's so important to remember that. You know, we start to... Yes, God? Oh. Uh, God just sent me a text. No. <laughs> no. But... <laughs> Sorry. You guys got to bear with me. Um, like I'm saying, I've gotten to the point where it's like, I'm too tired to pray. And when I do, I feel like they're bouncing off the ceiling sometimes. You know, it's like a nonstop fight. And we forget the most important thing that we need to recharge. We need to replenish our, and spend time with God. You know, in Ezekiel 37, let me open this up because of my wonderful eyes. Uh, Ezekiel 37 is the, the hand of the Lord was on me and brought me out, out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. 
He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And that's something that I really want to talk about, is that verse of scripture really hit me with things that have been going on. God didn't set Ezekiel on top of the hill where he could look down and see what was going on. He, was, he took him down in the valley and walked him through the bones. And there's a couple points there that a lot of us are in the valley right now. I feel like I've been in the valley. I don't know about how many of you feel like that, but I do. We can be honest. We're in church. It's okay to be in the valley. But there's something we got to remember. God is with us. God is walking right there with us. And the second thing I want to talk about this is he, God asks us a question all the time where he already knows the answer. He wants to know our faithfulness, what, how strong our faith is. He asked him, son of man, can these bones live again? God already knows the answer. God never is surprised about the situation you are in. He just, he, you never get a text from him and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was going on. He is right there with you. You know, and... That is something we always forget. We get, we're not alone. It's the problem is, is we forget to connect, to recharge, to spend time with God. You know that little fuel light in the car that comes on? You can't go too far with that on. Trust me, I've tried. You know, that's the biggest argument in the car going on a trip with me and my wife. The little fuel light is, she's like, let's stop and get gas when we're at a half a tank. Me, I'm like, I can go 50 more miles. We're good. I know my car. And when you're sitting on the side of the road and you got that look, <laughs> yeah, that's not good. I've been there, okay? But it's so true. It's we have to stop and recharge and refuel. And we forget that. We get so caught up in everything that our bones wither and dry spiritually, mentally, and physically. You know, I get tired. And the reason I get tired is I don't sleep. Go figure, you know? But when I lay down and go to sleep, my brain doesn't shut off. It's, I start thinking about, you know, what's going on tomorrow, what I got to do. At least I have a job where I work, my regular life, that it's not. I just go to work. I love it. It's like I don't have to diagnose crazy problems anymore. I just get a piece of paper and they tell me to put parts on. But that's like the only place where I can not have to think. Sounds I, when I'm putting wheels on, but I do think when I tighten the lug nuts. Let me. But what I'm saying is, you know, where I forget that I need to spend time with God. I need to spend time spiritually with God. You know, he said in the second verse, I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. He said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make make I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons and make flesh come upon and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and I was what I was commanded, and I was prophesying. These there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. It looked. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. 
but there was no breath in, in them. Then he said, prophesize to the breath, prophesize to the breath, prophesize son of man and say to this, this is the sovereign Lord saying, command breath from the four winds and the breath into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, he commanded me to breathe, to breathe, breath to enter them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. That's us, people. We are an army for the Lord. But if we're not listening, we're not spending time, if we're not spiritually full, we are nothing but dry bones. But when we are, we are a vast army. What it means to be spiritually empty. There are many people in the Bible who felt the same way. We're not alone. There are many people in the Bible at one point in time really felt spiritually drained. That really felt like, hey, I can't do this. You know, God helps us to realize that even the greatest heroes of the Bible struggled and experienced spiritual fatigue and weariness. Mary Magdalene understood what it was meant to be spiritually weary. Can you imagine what she's seen when she's seen the, the, the person she loved and fouled, crucified and killed and died? You know, it's, it's so hard. Can you imagine how depressed and how sad her close friend, but Jesus comforted her, her weary heart. He was available to comfort as he is available to comfort us. In John 20, 11 through, John 20, verse 11 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over, looking into the tomb, and saw two angels seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken the Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go. Jesus said to Mary, said Mary. She turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, Rabbi which means teacher. Sometimes we are so upset and so drained and so overwhelmed in our lives that we don't realize Jesus is standing right in front of us. Mary was just in her. Jesus was standing right there and she didn't recognize because she was so overcome in her grief that she did not realize the Lord was standing right in front of her. You know, Moses understood what it was like to spiritual weariness. As Moses... As Moses and the Jewish people fled from Egypt, they grew physically and spiritually weary. They felt they had made a mistake, had ultimately, ultimately experienced, which had left them spiritually and questioning God's greatness, goodness. Um, he led the people out of Israel. So here they are in the desert. They're hungry. They're hot. And they're going through all this. And Moses is in charge of this. You know, to me, I... Out of all the characters in the Bible, I always feel that Moses had the worst job. <laughs> I do. I mean, he led the people out of Israel, and all they did was complain and complain and complain. 
And he's in charge of the circus, you know. And God is spoken through him. You know, when, when we make a mistake, it can leave us spiritually empty, empty and emotionally drained. But it's so true. We make mistakes. Moses felt like for a, few, for a little bit there, he made a mistake. And this is what Moses said to God. I mean, this is pretty bad. I mean, not bad. This is where he was. He asked the Lord, why would you have brought me this, this trouble on your, on your servant? What have I done to displease you? That you put the burden of all these people on me. Did you did I did I convince all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms? A nurse carries an infant to the land you have promised on oath to their ancestors. Where can I get meat for all these people? These they keep Sorry, I can't. Gotta keep making it bigger. <laughs> they gotta keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes. And I and don't let me face my own ruin. Moses was in a pretty bad face. That's pretty bad when you pray to God to kill you. I mean, that's a bad place. But here, Moses has seen the burning bush. He's seen all the plagues. He's seen the Red Sea split, and he is still so overwhelmed that he's thinking God is not with him at that moment. He's like, please, God, kill me. You given all these all these people under my care. I can't do this by myself. And that's true. You can't do it by yourself. We always try to do everything by ourselves. You know, it gets to the point sometimes that we only pray in emergency. We have this little glass on the wall that says, in case of emergency, pray, break glass and pray. We should pray first, always, and often, which I'll get more to that a little bit later. But it's so important that we remember that. You know, Job understand what spiritual weariness was. I mean, that poor guy went through a lot. During periods of confusion and feelings of disdain from God, he hears our cries and surrounds us with his grace and peace. But we have to be open to it. We have to be focused on God and not what's in front of us, not the fiery furnace in front of us, not the storm in front of us. When we're looking at the storm continuously, that's all we see. But when we focus on the cross, we know we have a God that's right with us. And I get that way in my life. I get to the point, it's like, what is going to go wrong next? And usually something always does. <laughs> it's just my luck. You know, like dishes flying through the, the dining room. I still can see that. It was kind of funny watching her jump and scream, but that was a lot of dishes that went flying. <laughs> and we have that magical house where forks and spoons just go poof and disappear. <laughs> you know, but it's the point that we have to spend time with God. We, we get spiritually drained. We get spiritually dismayed. We feel sometimes like, God, are you here? Are you listening? I mean... But the problem is it's not God, it's us who we're not listening. We're not listening for him. You know, Job, you know, like I said, Job verse Job 7, 1 through 7. Do not mortals have hard service on earth? 
Are they not their days like those who of hired laborers, like slaves longing for evening shadow, or a hired laborer waiting to get paid? So I have been, I have been anointed, an, allotted monthly of ful, for fulfillment and nights of misery. I have been, I have been assigned to me where I lie down and think, how long before I get up? The night drags on. I toss and turn until dawn. My body is clothed with worms and, and scraps. My skin is broken and festered. My days are swift, swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And then, and then they come to an end without hope. Remember, O oh God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. This is Job talking to God. Sometimes I feel just like that. You know, I feel like all I do is work. All I do is struggle. It's okay. You know, these are people of the Bible who spent time with God in a way that we have never seen. I mean, we have seen God do small miracles in our lives. We've seen God do things. But we, these are people who have seen God split the Red Sea. You know, that's pretty amazing. And they understand spiritual weariness. They felt it. And it's okay for us to feel it. There is no, nothing wrong with saying, hey, God, I'm tired. I need your help. You know, we can't take care of it all. We can't fix it all. We just can't. We're human. But we have a God who loves us and will help us through that. And the last example I want to use on this is Paul understood what spiritual weariness was. After being commissioned by God and changing the direction of his life, Paul experienced trials and defeats within the new church. He worked tirelessly preaching the good news, only to face danger, conflict, and lack of enthusiasm. But those, but those, but those his spiritual weariness, wait, what happened here? Uh, but those of spiritual weariness, he stayed on purpose and was used mightily to spread Christian message and re of redemption. When we lose sight of our purpose, what God has planned for us, our expectations, disappointment in relationships, it can bring us down. And we lose sight that God can bring spiritual healing, and he will. It is so important for all, all of us to remember that. We can learn from each of these biblical characters that it's okay to feel like your life is out of control. Out of control. It's okay to call on God from a place of physical and spiritual weariness. When we understand that spiritual weariness, we avoid trying to fix our spirits alone or ignoring the problem. We learn isolation and dangerous can cause us to replace God's peace with a mismatch of other things. So many people are looking for a fix when they're down, when they're depressed, when everything is going on. You know, they turn to drugs, they turn to sex, they turn to alcohol. Prescription to antidepressants right now in the United States are at an all-time high. People are looking for a fix, and the fix is God. You can't find fix in a pill. You can't find fix in a drink. You can't find a fix to make you feel better by sinning. It doesn't work. Sin's bad, remember? The, what's the wages of sin? Death. 
It doesn't fix anything. To me, sin is like a sweet tart. It's sweet on the outside and sorrow, totally sour on the inside. You know, we, we forget that spiritual healing only comes from God. If you are feeling spiritually drained, remember, I can draw closer to him. God sees you. God understands you. God is walking beside you. That is so important for us to remember. You know, why do we spirit feel spiritually empty? I mean, we have a relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is living inside of me. When we wonder, why do I feel spiritually empty? It can cause us to question our faith and becoming discouraged looks looking in the wrong places. We start listening to the enemy's voices, but it helps us persevere when we realize the feeling, the warning light is on and to do something, to recharge, to spend time with God. We start to lose our identity in Christ when we let this world overwhelm us, our purpose or who we are. We are forgiven. Unless we refuel, recharge, and spend time with God, we're going to remain those dry bones in the valley. You know, when we feel spiritually drained, it seems like we're carrying a heavy suitcase filled with disappointment, mistakes, unforgiveness, confusion, or fear. We start feeling like, I just cannot do this anymore. How many have felt like this? I can't do this anymore. I'm done. You know what? Good thing Jesus never did that with the cross. Good thing Jesus never said, they're not listening. I'm done. I'm walking away. He never walked away on us, so why do you think we're going to walk away on him? How can we do that? He's there. He's never once has said, I'm done with you. You have messed up too many times. No, he doesn't. He loves us. We start to feel like we can't do this anymore. We start to think like things in life cannot change. And it's so we can change anything with God. You know, every time I step up here, I still think, wow, how did I get here? <laughs> My life changed when I met a Jewish carpenter in a church in North Carolina. It changed my life. You know, all those prayers my mom made worked. <laughs> you know, that gray hair on that lady's head, every one of them was my fault, okay? I admit that. And I know she's going to smack me in the back of the head when I get to heaven and say, You finally listened! <laughs> We have to remember, we just feel like we can't do the same, but we can. It causes us to be spiritually drained. If we can address the issues that cause it, it's so important for us to, remember, to identify what causes us to feel spiritually drained. What is the problem? And here are five things that cause us to be spiritually burned out. And it burns us out fast. Conflict. When there's conflict in your life, it takes up so much energy. It really does. It, we start to doubt God's grace when we're in the middle of a conflict. You know, and half the time, you can walk away from a conflict. You can stop the conflict just by shutting your mouth. <laughs> you know, it, it's not so important that we argue about everything. And so many people, that is what, they're so argumentative. There's only a couple things I'll argue with. Like the only way to heaven is Jesus Christ. I'll argue that to my last breath. That the virgin birth, I'll argue that. To the, the end of my life, I will, because that's an important thing. But there's other things in life, like who drank the last of the milk and put the empty container in the fridge. That is not worth arguing about. Throw it out. 
tell them, hey, when it's empty, throw them out. I can't tell you in my house how many empty boxes I grab. It drives me insane. Especially when you're trying to leave for work. It's like, oh, Pop-Tarts. Oh. <laughs> you know? It's not worth getting mad about, you know, loss when we lose somebody. You know, we always question God when we lose somebody. We really do. You know, when we lose a job, when we lose our hair, you know, things like that. Loss always causes us to be physically and spiritually drained. It's hard losing people you love. It really is. But they're in a better place. We have to remember that God knows the outcome. And in the end, everything's okay. You know, I read the end of the book, We Win. You know, illness, when we're sick, like with this COVID and the people I know, you know, it, it drains us. It makes us spiritually and physically exhausted. It's, you know, when we're sick, you know, the last thing I want to do is pray when I feel like I'm going to drop dead from a head cold, <laughs> you know. But it's so important that we spend time with God. You know, stress. This world is full of stress. It is a, a stress ball. You know, I was reading an article that they're saying teenagers are more stressed and more depressed now than ever. And I'm like, what's happening? When I was a kid, I didn't have a care in the world. I mean, my worst thing was like, you know, waiting for them to announce my school closing on the snow day. <laughs> you know, we'd sit by the radio. You know, we'd dial our friend, and back then we had to really dial. It wasn't a cell phone, you know, and a stupid rotary dial. Then you'd screw up and have to do it again. Hey, they called off our school. You know, that was me growing up, playing outside, being in by my, my house. By the time the lights came on, we had to be inside. You know, life has become so stressful. We need to slow down and realize what is so important. That is God and spending time with God. And the last is unmet expectations. You know, we, we live in a now society. We want everything now. I mean, I laugh when the kids say the computer's slow. Anybody remember the old computers with the dial-up modem? Beep, 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 and you're like, it's coming down. I mean, you guys don't know slow. <laughs> and you're, you're always in the middle of doing something, and your mom or somebody would pick up the phone in the house. Mom, I'm online! <laughs> You know, because we only had one phone line. You know, but we have to slow down. Everything will come in God's timing. And we have to trust that. And we have to stop letting Satan use all this stuff to pull us further and further away from God, from God to the point we are dry bones laying in a valley. We are a mighty army for the Lord. That is what's so important for us to remember. We have to spend time with, with God. It helps us to recognize these triggers and know what is pulling us down and eliminate them, walk away from them. Face them head on and say, I'm done with this. You know, I grew up with an alcoholic mom, and I will tell you, and she, my house was not a fun house to grow up in. My mom dealt with my dad by drinking, and my dad dealt with everything by anger or just not being home. You know what? The next day the problems are still there. Maybe if they talked, maybe they spent time together. Maybe if my mom's, you know, it's just whenever you drink, the problems are still there the next day. And they're usually worse. Whatever you try to do to cover up a problem and make it better without God, it's worse. And it's so important for us to remember. 
you know, when we no longer when we no longer have an opportunity for doubt in our lives, there is never an opportunity for faith either. That is so true. If we don't have doubt and when we don't have problems, there's no opportunity for faith. If everything was puppy dogs and roses, there would be no reason for faith that it's going to work out. And we have to remember that God is always there. He loves us so much he died for us. And we need to stop worrying about everything going on during this time of year and rejoice into what's going on. It's the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior. That's amazing. You know, it's not about the Christmas cookies. It's not about the light. It's not about the tree that's not put up. It's not about all these stuff you're supposed to buy everybody and you don't know how you're going to do it. It's about the birth of our Savior. We need to reconnect with the joy that God has given us. This world is hard. Yes, it is, but God has given us joy. Why do we always focus on the negative that brings us down instead of the positive? You know what? I had the last four days off work. We actually, first time in my life, I have had a Black Friday off. Because in the dealership, they don't give it off to you. I got to spend four days with my boys. It was, it is awesome. It, we, we watched movies together. We horsed around. It was so nice. It was like I got to recharge. And remember why I fight so hard. Remember why I get out of bed every day and do what I do. It's the joy of my children, the joy of spending time with them, the joy of being a child of God. And God loves spending time with us. We recharge when we spend time with God. And it's so important to remember that. The most, the first, there's some points that we need to do is pray. Pray honestly. Don't pray for a big screen TV. You know, I love that. I've been praying for this. It'll help me godly. I can watch the sermons in bigger 4K. That's not glorifying God. That's not going to change your life. You know, pray honestly from the heart. Specific prayers, what you're struggling with in your walk with God. Pray for being recharged. Pray for God to heal your heart. That's what's so important. You know, so many people just use prayer as the last thing. It should be the first thing. You know that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, that came out a couple years ago? Jesus should already have the wheel. You should be in the passenger seat. You know, it's, we have to experience him, and we do that through prayer. It's spending time with our loving Father. You know, how do you get to know somebody? Through communication. And that's what God wants to hear, is communication from us. It is so important for us to remember that every day, that we need to take the time to pray. Honestly. And I'm not saying, please, God, let me get the best parking spot at the mall or at Walmart. It's not that. It's to pray honestly of things that are burdening, things that are talking. You simply talking with God every day is what we need to do to recharge. We, for, you know, I get to the point sometimes I get so stressed out I forget to pray. I'm a pastor. You know, I cannot tell you. How many, how many days it's like I just don't have, it's just things are piled up. You know, I purposely get to work a half hour early now. I spend time reading my scriptures, writing notes, and I got 
God blessed that, but I got to spend Jesus with somebody named Jose who works in the paint department I've never seen. He goes, do you write your scriptures down every morning? I'm like, yeah, I do. He goes, I do that too. And I've told him I'm a pastor. So every morning it's like, hey, pastor, and he'll sit down with me and we talk. God rewards time with him. Because there ain't nothing I love in this world more than talking about Jesus. It, you know, it's, I love it. It's like, you know, when you meet somebody who wants to, to know more about it, it's just, it's a gift. We need to spend time and pray. We never know when God's going to show up and how he's going to change your life until we experience him, until we open ourselves to him. We spend time talking to you. Spending time alone with God is the, one of the most important things you can do in your life. The second thing is, read the Bible or other Christian books, inspirational Christian, you know, listening to worship music. You know, in my house growing up, you were not allowed to touch the Bible. My house, the Bible, it's, I have the box. It's a Catholic Bible. It's in a gold box. And the box is falling apart, and the Bible inside looks like brand new. You know, my Bible is falling apart. I have more notes, more sticky notes in it. It looks like a Chia pet. I got so much stuff coming out of it. The difference is, open your Bible and read it. It's not an ornament. It is so important for us to read the Bible and spend time with God. And I'm like, I'm not one of these, I have the Bible on my phone. I just, to me, the phone is not the same. You can't write on it. You can't, you know, put a little star on the page to bring you back to it. You know, it's just so important to spend time with God. And there's a lot of good Christian art, um, authors out there that write really good books. But just be careful you're not getting one of the woke ones. <laughs> you know, you, so you, you can tell by the Holy Spirit that you're reading something good. And turn up your Christian music and sing in the car. Spend time with God. Nobody cares if you sing bad when you're by yourself in the car. It's like the shower. It's a, my zone. I can sing. I can worship. It's so important for us to spend time recharging through the Bible, through God's Word. God's Word's amazing. I cannot tell you how many times since I've been getting up in the morning and going to work early and reading my Bible, I've read the same verse of Scripture and it's like jumped out at me as something totally new. It's a living, breathing book written by God. And, you know, it's not something that should be sitting on your table and being covered in dust. It's meant to be read. It's meant to live. You know, it's not, it's, and it's not meant for us to change the Bible. It's us to be transformed by the Bible. It is so important for us to spend time in God's Word. The second thing is, if you're really feeling drained and worn out, talk to a spiritual mentor or a trusted friend. Nothing can help more than so you know sometimes somebody just needs somebody to listen to them and that's so important to talk to spend time with your christian friends your christian mentors to recharge tell them what you're going through it you know what we're not in this alone we're not the only person going through this situation in our life right now you know sometimes i think god let me go through all the junk i went through in my life so i can talk about it and help people it's okay you know what? Growing up in the house I did taught me to be the father I am, the husband I am. My kids and my family and my wife come first in my life. God comes first. That is what is so important. 
and you merge them together, and you have two people in the house that are seeking God together, it's amazing what you can get through. Because there's always the answer that comes from spending time with God. Talk to each other. Talk to people. If something's bothering you, just don't keep it inside. It's okay not to be okay, but it's surely not okay to stay that way. That's what I love about our churches. You can come in this church messed up. We all have stuff. But it's not okay to stay that way. Because there's people in here who are going to love on you regardless. Even if you don't want to be loved on. I remember when I first went to church in North Carolina, I just wanted to sit in the back and hear what they had to say. By the time I left there, I made three friends that are still my friends for life now, 20 years later. Because people loved on me. I didn't go in that place to be loved on. I went in that place because something was empty and something was missing inside. But I found a family. And I'll never forget the first time I came here. I was terrified. Pastor Phil, like two weeks after the assessment, goes, can you preach at my church? And I'm like, you're on the board. You're, I'm going to screw up and be, I'm going to be out. <laughs> and I walked in here and you guys loved on me. And I've, it's been five years now I've been coming here. Probably more. It's what's so important is we talk to each other. We share God's love. And if you keep it all bottled up inside, it's never going to get any better. We have spiritual mentors. You know, Timothy had Paul. You know, we all have somebody we can talk to. If not, call me. I'll talk. <laughs> I love talking. I love listening. I love sharing the gospel. I love helping people. You know, that's part of being a family. That's part of being a church. We need to have a trusted spiritual mentor. And the next thing is you need to find yourself a refueling station, a recharging station. You know, like your phone. If you don't plug it in, what happens? It dies. We need to find a place, something we do, something that we totally enjoy to spend time alone with God. Me, it's going fishing with my boys. We go up to the lake. I never get a pole in the water because I'm always baiting, untangling. My son threw his pole in the water and can't tell me how it happened. <laughs> I mean, literally in the water. But you know what? I don't care. I'm sitting here looking at God's beauty, the trees and the water. and It's, it's my recharging station. My recharging station is listening to casting crowns in my car. Reading God's book. You need to find that place where you can recharge. And it's okay to take time for yourself. Nothing ever in the Bible says, Thou shalt never take a moment for thyself. You know, even Jesus walked away from everybody and went alone and prayed to recharge, to spend time with his Father. He spent a lot of time praying. It seems like every time he did a big sermon or big thing, he went away to pray and to recharge. And we need to do that. That is what's so important. We need to find ourselves that special place where we can recharge. And you know, Satan wants to keep us out of that place. You need to make the time. You need to set the time. It needs to be written in stone. Like me, it's the morning at work. I got a half hour to spend time reading my gospel, do, writing my journal. That's my time with going fishing with the boys. You know, it's so important to find that place to recharge. We can't keep going. We're not an internal machine. We need fuel, we need food, and we need rest. And we find all that in the Lord. We find the, the holy, the water of God, the life-giving water. We find the bread of life, and we find rest 
in our father's arms. Do you remember as a kid? I still to this day remember climbing up in my grandpa's lap and going to sleep. It was the safest place in the universe when I was growing up. And I'd do anything to climb back in that lap sometimes. And it's like a memory, like my kids, they come up and they're big now. You've seen my boys. They still like to hang on their dad. They think I'm a pillow. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. When I hope there comes a day, never comes a day when they won't do that. I don't care if they're 30. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'll sit on their lap. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that's what's so important. We need to find a refueling station, something to recharge ourselves and spend time with God. And the last point I want to talk about is we need to celebrate small victories. This is a continual war, our lives. The battle's been won, but there's a lot of little skirmishes on. And we so many times forget about the victories. We focus on the defeats or things that were negative. We need the small victories, like I talked about this weekend, spending it with my kids. That, to me, is a victory. I got to spend time with the two most important little guys in my life. You know, it's what's so important that we celebrate the small victories. Because God already won the big victory, and we're just on the road there. That is what, we get so caught up, we get so worn out, that we're like that plant that we, that we forget to water. You know, plastic plants are great. You don't have to water them, but in my house, my dog would eat them. They'd die anyway, but that's another story. <laughs> but you have to put water on a plant, and we are a plant. God made us to thrive, and we need the living water of Christ continuously pumped into us every day, all day. You know, we can't drive on and drive on with the low fuel light on. We're going to crash and burn. We're going to end up on the side of the road. And that's right where Satan wants us. He wants us to be so worn out, so spiritually drained, so overwhelmed, so stressed that we cannot be functional and make a difference in this world. God wants us to do great things, and he's there with us. He is always with us. And we're the ones that forget he's with us. It is so important always to remember that. Rick Warren wrote this, and I, I, I love it. The deepest level of worship is praising God in spite of pain, thanking God during trial, trusting God when tempted, surrendering while suffering, and loving him when he seems distant. That is so important. I want to leave you guys with three scriptures to help you refuel. The first is uh, Isaiah 40, 29-31, New Living Translation. He gives, us, gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired. A young man will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord will find strength. They will soar high on wings like an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's so important for us to remember. That when we find strength in the Lord, we can do things beyond what we can imagine. The next one is from Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victory, victorious right hand. 
And last is, this is from the message, and I, I just like the way they put it. Refresh tired bodies, restore tire, tired souls. That's Jeremiah uh, chapter 31, verse 25. God loves us. He will never leave us. Don't let your life get to you are so tired, so worn out that you're dry bones in a valley. Always remember that God's with you. He's walking with us in the valley. He'll get us through the valley, in the next valley, in the next storm, in the next storm. He will be there. But we need to focus on him. We need to recharge. We need to fill ourselves with the life-giving water that is Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for so much for this time to just be here with you in your house. I pray that everybody that's tired and weak and has just felt like this world has been crushing them lately, that they find the strength that only comes through you. And let them always remember that you are with them and that you are good all the time. You will never forsake us. You will never leave us, Lord. Let, us, let them put that in their hearts and never forget it. Keep the enemy away from them this Christmas season. Let them experience the true joy that comes from celebrating the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. In your heavenly name I pray, amen.